This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. We are living in a time where our future is uncertain, which means youth voice is as important as ever. Kia ora, join me, Leo, on Operation Rakatahi on ORFM's Youth Zone, 105.4 FM, 1575am or online at oar.org.nz or download the Youth Zone app on Google Play or the Apple App Store. Kia ora and welcome to Operation Rakatahi with Leo. So, um, it's been a while, it's been about a month now. Um, I wasn't here our last show, busy with exams, but I'm back and ready to fire on through. Um, but, um, okay, I'm going to be talking about a whole lot of different things, but I hope everyone's exams or whatever that they were doing over this last month, two months, and finishing off um, everything, wrapping up towards into summer. Hope everyone's had a good time and... Um, yeah, as much as ex- stressful exams can be, uh, hopefully this everyone will have a chance to wind down or ramp straight back straight into work to cover for the summer or whatever anyone's doing, each to their own. Um, and have a good time, I guess. <laughs> um, so um, this week I am going to be talking about it's a very wide-ranging scope, and it has a whole lot of different things I'm going to be talking about. It's one big conglomerate topic, but that they all interconnect. It won't sound like it by summarizing it, but I'll be talking about the patriarchy, society, the media, and how to be an ally, because there's a lot of intersectionality between the two of them. Um, but I'll be talking about how the what the patriarchy is, what it's doing, and how in terms of gender, in terms of all of its confines, whether it's cisgender, trans or non-binary, how they interfere with it and what is going on in society at the moment and about how people's ide- about people's identity is not up for debate, pretty much. Um, that's who they are and what they, sh- they, sh- they have the right to identify with. And then I'll be talking about how the media reinforces the idea of the pa- patriarchy even in a time where we're moving away from more patriarchal concerns, and I'll go into what all this means, but I'll be going in to talk about what the BBC has done recently with their interview briefly um, and about how what questions it's array, raised up in the time afterwards and what it makes us think about um, what other parts of society do this in terms of what the patriarchy is and in terms of uh, gender relations. Uh, and then also I'll be wrapping up about how these interconnect with how pretty much how catastrophic this article that came out was and how it perpetuates lots of anti-trans and anti-non-binary rhetoric um, around the world. And it'll interconnect about how to not have this happen and how to be an ally. So it'll range and it will vary but i'm going to start with a song break and we'll be right back talking about the patriarchy so yeah i will start by playing a few songs from the kiwi music cd so here we go Time is mine. 
local music. Join Carl every second Tuesday as he brings you the latest in local music as well as some Kiwi favourites. Hear from the musicians, discover new music and celebrate New Zealand's unique music scene. That's Choice As on Youthstone every second Tuesday at 4.30pm on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM. Heading down to the dairy I'm just all gonna get a drink Heading down to the dairy Dairy milk. I want no more. I buy. All I want is a bright yellow. Let's take And welcome back to Operation Rakatahi with Leo. So, I'm going to head into the show. Um, we're going to be talking about the Patriarchy Society, the media, and how to be an ally. Um, so, if you've just joined me now, good timing. 
just queuing into the show now. Just been listening to a couple of songs on the Kimi Music CD, and the first one that I played was Kaylee Bell's Living Free, and the second one I played just before was Sit Down in Front by Pixie Caramel featuring Tiki Tane. So, um, yeah, and I'll play some more later in the show. So, let's get into what the patriarchy is, because everyone talks about it, and if you don't know, this will help understand everything I'm about to talk about. But the textbook definition of the patriarchy is the patriarchy is a social system which, in which men hold primary power and, predomin- and predominantly in roles of social, political leadership, moral authority, social privilege, and the control of property. Um, so as much as we're living in a time that is moving away from that, we're still living in a time where inherently men predominantly have the most power across the world and across society. Yes, there are exceptions within that, and we are moving towards a time where we don't have that, and it's moving, hopefully moving towards a more equal landscape. But it's still, in terms of social privilege especially, like you always hear all of this rhetoric that, I don't know, that really favours... Everything that happens in society inherently favours men. And in particular, when we talk about when it favours men, it's inherently not a great thing, and we want to be moving away from that. But it kind of isn't great. And when we talk about, in particular, the sorts of men that the patriarchy serves, um, essentially, is your cisgendered, straight, white men. And yes, um, we like to think that we're moving away from that, but in reality, it's not quite a perfect world we live in. And like, there are lots of things going on in the world that may not seem like on the outset that they are doing this, but people also unconsciously do this as well because, um, and I'm sure that the whole world has unintentionally done this at some point and I have consciously made the effort not to and I am sure I have been contributing this unintentionally and unconsciously in some way throughout my life but also sometimes I unintentionally realize some things that I've said until after I've said it so like and I'm sure there is many things that many of you may do in your own life or you you see, but also you may not even notice that that's inherently serving the patriarchy, and it it takes a bit of a it takes a lot of time to unpick that in yourself and looking into what you're doing because actually it's quite hard to pinpoint that out yourself, and also trying to move away from that because actually this is something that society is inherently fed us that we view as normal, so it's really hard to break away from what is considered the norm. As much as I hate that word, ordinary might be a better word, but then it doesn't have the quite the same. I don't know. But it's something that is inherently to us that we have to address head on. Yeah. It's very hard to deliver that without sounding convoluted. But I think I got that across pretty well. So pretty much... We are living in a time that is moving away from the sorts of things that um, consider the binary, because the the we're, we're moving away from the viewpoint in this time where we're talking about the viewpoint of gender isn't binary like it used to be. Yes, you still have men and women, uh, cisgender men and women, cisgender being uh, pe- people, male or female, who are born with the sex that they were assigned at at birth, that is either male or female, and they choose to identify with that. Yes, you still have people on either end of the binary, but even within said ends of the binary, there is fluidity in that because we aren't confined to... We Well, yes, society through the patriarchy has said this is what boys and what the girls do, but actually we're moving away from that viewpoint, especially in more liberal circles, um, we're moving away from that viewpoint that you can actually be fluid within your own sense of gender. And also, and for some people, um, 
that's not always how they feel at home because some people don't feel at home in their bodies. And they, this is trans people and um, that's what fits them in their own life experience. And that is each to their own. It's one's identity. And we're also, in terms of when I'm talking about we've got a bit more fluidity of gender and there isn't such a binary, you've also got this whole um, in-between point, which is non-binary people. I am probably talking, uh, I'm probably uh, telling people stuff they already know, but for some of you, this is for you, I guess. Um, When we talk about non-binary people, it's people who feel like they don't fit in either male or female and they fluctuate between the two. And yes, fluidity of gender is a very fluid concept, hence the name. And um, non-binary or gender non-conforming or genderqueer people often feel neither the label of male or female or or boy or girl or man or woman fit them inherently. And we should also take into account there is a difference between gender identity and gender presenting because when you present your gender, that's how you choose to present yourself in the wider world. Your identity is who you are and who you choose to be in the world. Well, it's not always a choice either. You're choosing to openly present that side of you and that's feeding, that's shows how complex the two are, but they are two separate things. And when we talk about gender fluidity, you can still be fluid in whatever gender you present or you choose to identify with. Um, It's really hard to talk about this without saying choice because it's not always a choice, but it's a choice to open up to that side. It's who you are inside. It's a choice to let people know that's how you choose to identify. So it's a bit complex, but who you are inside isn't choice. It's more about choosing to be out and choosing to be presenting and choosing to be honest about it with the whole wide world. So that's a bit of what's going on. But in terms of this discussion around the fluidity of gender across the gender spectrum, because it's not a binary like it used to be, it's a spectrum, and people can appear across it in many different ways. And the terms, in terms of going back to the patriarchy, it doesn't, well, the, the terms, the idea of gender being a spectrum and the patriarchy do not mesh well. They are two opposing things that don't work together. And that is why we, we're seeing a shift away from the patriarchal norms, but we are still getting that social privilege amongst all of it, even with this discussion. And yes, there is a lot of debated going on, but and there are some probably logistical problems that we need to get through about talking about gender, but actually whose individual's um, identity amongst this is not up for debate. That is who they are. Yes, there may be problems with which, how do people compete in sports? How do people get presented awards? Like if you look at the Oscars, you see best actor, best actress in terms of their sex. But where does that fluidity come into? Do you, yeah. So And also with all of that, it also, people, there's going to be, yeah. So there are there are debates around that that can happen, but also one's identity isn't up for debate. Yes, logistical aspects about how society functions going forward can be up for debate. One's identity and how people choose to present and show and present their identity to the world is not up for debate. That's who they are. That is who they're presenting as. Um, as because gender is. It's a societal construct that we choose to uh, adhere to, and or, or not adhere to in some cases. Um, but also, we also don't have to label it because sometimes people don't need a label to fit in, and people can just be uh, them and whatever pronouns and whatever names they use. And that also feeds into why gender is a spectrum and anyone can appear across it. But 
going back to the patriarchy, um, the reason why these don't interconnect is pretty much a whole long line of reinforcement and of all different in, in um, epochs of uh, society. It gets very complex and it's very hard to feed in and present in one full swoop. But in terms of how this happens, it can get quite confusing. So I'm going to be talking about how the media reinforces the patriarchy, especially within the confines of gender. And recently there was an article released from the BBC that I am not going to go into all of the details for. You can go research in your own time because there are some bits that are very, it gets very complex and very chaotic. But in all essence, um, the BBC wrote an article. It was a 4,000 word article talking about how in terms of there is problems with the interconnection of um, gender and sexuality and this this was interviewing many different um, the problem with it was is this was showing the problems that can clash even within the queer community within the LGBTQ plus bracket uh, that in terms of how people what the topic was is irrelevant because it was talking about the interrelationship between trans women and uh and lesbian women uh lesbian cisgendered women but the problem with the article was they the the journalists they interviewed many different cisgendered lesbians about how they feel on the matter that they're talking about. Go and read it yourself. I'm not going to go into that detail because that's a whole nother can of worms that you can read into, but I'm not talking about that in particular. I'm talking about the aftermath of this article more in in way. But the problem was, well, one of the many problems, first off, this article didn't even talk to any trans woman. There was no trans woman interviewed in this article. It was a very one-sided article that presented very anti-trans and especially very anti-trans when it comes to sexuality because there is a difference, but there are some overlaps. But also in terms of how all of that happens, it was read as almost a critique from the BBC because they weren't able to hear both sides. And a journalist's job is to be neutral and hear both sides of the story and present something that is inherently neutral. Yes, that is not the case because uh, there are always media biases and always the, there's going to be a bias in terms of particular people writing the article. But the problem is... Yes, it was one valid argument, but it wasn't also a balanced argument, and that is where the problem is. But it came down to who, in particular, were being interviewed. And one of these particular people in the interview was talking about all these things, and the problem is, this woman, I'm not going to say her name, um, but you can go and read it on all the different articles critiquing it. But this person, she has now been found out after the interview by people who've gone and researched people who've been interviewed. And this person is someone who has publicly said on their public social media and in public forum speeches about how they want to call for the lynching of all trans women and particularly naming particular trans woman, a famous trans woman by name and how listing off all of them and how they wanted and describing how they wanted them to die, which also, and also to add more fire to the, add more coal to the fire. That was the saying I was after. This person has also been found, been accused by several different people of sexual assault and also 
talking this article was talking about in particular things around sexuality and the lack of consent and the and the coercion of of sex within in terms of uh the interconnection between the, uh, yeah i'm not going to go more into that but it just made this person's whole argument really not plausible but the problem is the BBC did come out and talk about this afterwards that has caused many different uproar. Not just that, but also the BBC have acknowledged that this person um, was interviewed by them. Yes, they no longer have any ties with them. Um, but the problem what that they did was they also knew about it, which they did admit to. And they did say that they knew about the consent issues in quotation marks going that this person told them going into this interview. Now, also, they have also, after a petition signed by 20,000 people calling for the BBC to apologize and remove the article, the BBC have not apologize for it they've acknowledged with a about the problems with this person they interviewed they've now re- edited the article to remove this person's quotes from it but there are still major problems with the article because it's not a balanced look about the issue at hand and it's really anti trans people and yes it was trying to create a discussion that yes, could be valid in particular people's circumstances, and I'm not negating all of the other people that they, all experiences of all the other lesbian women who were interviewed in this article. I just have a problem with the one that's caused all the controversy, and also the BBC did not balance all of their views with stories from trans women in particular to balance the article, because it is it reads as anti-trans and it's inherently transphobic whether that journalist was either naive or had an agenda that they were pushing they still had an unacknowledged thing that they have an unacknowledged bias if even if it was naive it would be still an unacknowledged bias against trans people and um, which creates a whole interconnection of issues because, yes, when we talk about the patriarchy being more uh, serving towards men, you may seem that my argument's a bit confused because, even though it's not, because the patriarchy kind of... It favours straight cisgendered, uh, straight white cisgendered men right at the top of that. But it does kind of... People are more privileged than others within the patriarchy. And more often than not, cisgendered women are often more privileged than... Yes, there are issues around gender pay gap towards with men into women and also feminist ideals around pushing um, the equality for women haven't gone fully yet as much as people like to think it's gone. Yes, feminism is a good thing and it hasn't gone far enough, but it also cisgendered people, regardless of men or women, are inherently more privileged than uh, people who do uh, that are trans or non-binary. And this brings that into question and also within the patriarchy white people are more um privileged than um people of color which we which is a common thing white privilege is a common thing that occurs and all of these feed under the social hierarchy that is the patriarchy and it's it's a step down effect and the problem is um the bbc has been under fire not just from this they also left the stonewall um there's this uh, i've lost the name of it i had it in my my mind but even about it was a few days after this happened they also 
kind of outed their position. Yes, they may be all for the queer community at large, encompassing the whole array of things, but they've also left. There's this organization for media and governmental organizations, and it's named after the Stonewall Riots. About It's a non-profit partnership alliance, kind of similar to, I've forgotten the name, but it's similar to the Paris Peace Agreement for Climate Change. Um, and they've also decided to leave that after being with it since its inception. And the problem is, this has created a whole array, array of um, things that has created inherent discussion about how the media reinforces the patriarchy at large. And I'm saying that at large because it it's a crazy thing that you can read that and not have the balanced argument. And part of the BBC's, def- the BBC's also defended the article because um, they also are all about, they talk about how they want all parts, important piece of journalism and important pe- issues to be raised and discussed. And they don't want to silence them. And they're talking about, um, balanced and fairness. Well, also the problem is it's not a balanced and fair approach on this particular issue because they only interviewed cisgendered women in this thing. And these cisgendered women, we're talking about this issue, but it wasn't also bringing into all these different array of ideologies. It was only one geared ideology without its balanced look. And Wherever you fall on that, whether you agree with the article or disagree with the article, the problem with the article is, and even if you did take her out the problematic element of that person, um, it's still a messy article that is inherently anti-trans, and whether that is intentional or not, and the BBC are refusing to acknowledge that, they are often defending it they're only apologizing for the problematic person involved but they're not actually apologizing for the article at large which is created so many things that because the reason why it's caused such a big deal is this isn't the first sort of article that's come out about this the only reason why it was brought up is because of that problematic person involved it also opened up this article into more scrutiny than it otherwise would have, which, yes, it deserved the scrutiny, but it also shone light onto this, but it also onto many other articles, not just by the BBC, but um, many different news outlets across the globe have all of these unintentional biases, and it's created this discussion around how the media uh, reinforces and upholds the patriarchy in some way. And this is just, this particular issue is only one of the most recent events that to tie it in and make this argument sound more coherent. And it's almost a current event issue because, but it's not just current. It's been a widespread issue that's happened for decades. And it's, the, the patriarchy has been around for who knows how long and for centuries, but this is just one part of it. And it doesn't even encompass how the media reinforces the patriarchy across different intersectionalities between different issues. This is only one issue. And this is, well, it's even got several issues within it. And the problem is when we don't speak up about these things, it it perpetuates and lets people away with this rhetoric and you don't get much change and you don't get much uh what's the word i'm looking for you don't get change and you don't get we're not it doesn't break down the patriarchy in any way if you don't criticize it and the problem with it is you cannot ignore these things 
because these are catastrophic and these are life these are these are endangerment to life because if you because also if you don't hear people talking about how cisgendered people based upon their gender to be lynched you don't hear anything like that yes you do hear some about some particular people every now and again but that's personal it's not about the gender at large which shows how crazy this is and if this article was flipped on its head i am sure the bbc would have apologized for this if if i'll take that back i'll clarify what i'm meaning uh if this article was around the other way and it was about trans women and the messy interrelationship with cisgendered lesbians you would have a whole different argument because you would probably see the BBC apologizing for this article if it was flipped the other way around. Um, and I am, I stand by that. I am sure they would have because it is a crazy thing that, and also cisgendered people are inherently more cis socially privileged than trans people in society. And, it's a big deal. And yes, I am not a trans person and I'm not a cisgendered lesbian, but I have noticed an issue and I am talking about it as an ally to those communities. And this is not me talking about this isn't an attack on cisgendered lesbians in any which way. It's an attack on the patriarchy and it's an attack on, well, it is an attack on the, the messy issues that the, I have with the BBC around how they've handled this article. I don't have a problem with either camp. It's just how this article was delivered. And, well, I have a problem with the particular person at hand who said those vile things, but it's also inherently part of being an ally and also challenging these issues because you cannot perpetuate this rhetoric and let it continue in this way. Right, I think I got some of it off of my chest, but I'm going to, after the song break, I'm going to be playing an activist song of the week, like I did um, in the last show. I, When I was talking about Janelle Monáe, I was doing um, activist sort of music. Well, this week, I'm going to make it more of a regular thing. Yes, the whole that was a whole episode around Janelle Monáe's activism, but also I'm just going to highlight particular artists about their activist music and talk about those and just a wee little thing where once a week I'll play a song that's inherently activist in its approach. And I wanted to tie this in to what I was talking about. And before I get onto that, I'm going to be talking about more about what it's like to be to be what how to be an ally or an activist after the song break. So don't go away. So the song I'll be playing is it, it got, the reason why I'm playing this song in particular that I'll talk about in a sec is one of the things that got me thinking about this before I even came across this article around how the patriarchy is creating all these things. I follow this drag queen from RuPaul's Drag Race UK, Bimmy Bomboulash, and she just released a whole new book. And she has several chapters around the patriarchy and how the media reinforces that and how society reinforces that. And it's almost a massive reference point to this whole thing outside of this BBC article. But she's also, as a multifaceted artist, she's also a singer within her many different endeavors under her drag queen umbrella but i'm gonna play this song it's talking about her gender fluidity and she i did they well i'm saying she because her drag persona is she but them as a person identifies with they them pronouns and um they released the song and it's almost uh it's semi it's her own and it's almost it it's a um, it's a mix between punk and Britpop and it takes heavy, um, it, I just, my mind went blank. Uh, 
it definitely pays homage to the Sex Pistols and their song um, God Save the Queen in many different ways, but this and in its creation, but it definitely talks about gender fluidity and her, um, them as a person in the world as a non-binary person and their experience. So I'm just going to play it and I'm and then I'll play it, I'll follow it up with a Kiwi music song and then we'll be right back before we wrap up the show. So here we go. Bimini, God save this, God save this queen. Getting myself a loaf of Oi! Just the other day, I was walking to the corner shop. Getting myself a loaf of bread and an alka-pop. When these two geezers reading the scum said, Oi, stop! Are you a boy or a girl? Or what? And I said, darling, ain't you sick of showing off and acting tough? Playing out the role that you've been handed from above. You'd be more secure if you could share a little love. I mean, you look like dog's dinner, but I'll take you to the club. <laughs> on the lash, we're going out. Call up the girls if they're about. Get the tunes on, turn it loud. Celebrating, feeling proud. Here's to the breeze when the lost all found. To the big sea for the seaside town. Winning the life by being me. On Dear Younger Me, we'll be having conversations with people from an array of communities and contexts about what they wish they could say to their younger self. Tune in to Dear Younger Me on Youth Zone every second Tuesday at 4pm on ORFM Dunedin, 105.4 FM and 1575am. You can find podcasts of this show from oar.org.nz or download the Youth Zone app, yznz.app.
Kia ora and welcome back to Operation Rakatahi with Leo. So if you just joined me, um, throughout the show I've been talking about the patriarchy, society and how the me- society and the media reinforce it and I particularly looked at what the BBC had done recently um, and all the mess around it. So if you want to read more about it, because I didn't go into the details of the article itself, I focus more on the surrounding chaos that pres- that came after go and read more about it yourself because it does bring up so many things that create a whole lot of issues in society and it brings into question the patriarchy all of the mess that's happened after but in order to not let these sorts of things perpetuate make yourself be an ally to those communities affected and not just the communities I highlighted but any community that isn't served by the patriarchy and doesn't have very many societal privileges compared to what is considered as much as I hate the word the norm um, you can be an ally in any or an activist doesn't but you can also be an ally or an activist without you can be in the center of attention but you can also do it without being in the center of attention because um, partly most is like as much as being in the center of attention and causing change and sticking up for others is important the only change happens with the followers around that and you can speak up without being on a stage with a mic talking to hundreds of people or on a platform that can reach many different people. You can also just do it in your everyday life by just being a decent person and just going, oi, when someone says something not great. And it's just something little that you don't have to stick your neck out for. Um, so, you know, it's just... You can do it in any different way that in terms of or and also another way to be an ally is just talk to the people around you who aren't served by the patriarchy at hand. Uh, get to know what they their stories are like and also do some of your research into your own about other people who are in those communities or if you don't know anyone particularly in those communities but you want to be a supporter. Also you can research how handy the internet is. You can find many different people's stories across the world and you can get a sense of knowing their history or their history um, because history is really just a story and it doesn't matter what or them story because it doesn't or their story it doesn't really matter which pronoun that you use as the prefix to the word it still works because history is a story in the end and getting to know that is important and it makes you aware and it makes create social change if more people do these sorts of things because getting to know stuff that's outside of your knowledge or your warehouse opens you up to the world and it makes you a whole lot more worldly and even if you're not invested in politics or socio-political issues still do this because it's part of being a decent person to know what it's like for people who aren't privileged in every single walk of life. Yes, some of these people are privileged in some ways, but not all. And it's important to know these things because the patriarchy is a big overarching thing that affects so many different people and it feeds into so many different things. And what I talked about in this show is only one slice of it. Like it's a very minute. I only had so many minutes to talk about this. So There is a whole lot more going on out there and you can bring that all in together and still be an ally. So, if anything, as I include in every week's show, contact 1737 for support from a trained counsellor if you want or need it. Um, It's always there. It's always good to know about. There you go. Um... Download the Usone app from the Apple App Store or Google Play to listen back to any podcasts or episodes you missed from all the different shows here on the Usone at ORFM. Um, 
visit my Instagram, our, my, the show's Instagram page at operation.rakatahi. Flick us a follow. And if you want to come on the show as a guest, we have any issues you want spoken about on the air. I've had quite a few people message me about stuff they want talked about. So, like, you can flick me an email at operation.rangatahi or you can flick me a DM on the Instagram page. Whatever works. I'll get it somehow. Um, I'll get it in the end. Not somehow. I will get it. <laughs> um, so, um, that's this week's show. Thank you all for listening and kakite anō. Bye. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.